This podcast is brought to you by 411 Fightwear, an e-commerce platform that's redefining the local fightwear industry. You can check them out at 411fightwear.com and also on Instagram at 411fightwear. That's 411fightwear. Hello, everybody. We are back again with Leverage Radio. Today, our guest is Karan Chauhan. Karan is a highly talented prospect of MMA in India. He secured bronze. Go ahead, stop. Start over. Karan, just mute Karan because he's stirring his coffee. You can hear it over there. My bad, my bad. Sorry, sorry. It's sorry. okay, no worries. Please, <laughs> please start over, boys. No, it's cool. Now we'll just keep this as the intro. <laughs> I, I love it when that happens, then I don't have to give the formal <laughs> intro. But uh, I was saying, Karan secured bronze in the IMAF MMA World Championships back in November 2019. And I'm certain. No, it's- no, no, no. I secured, one sec, one sec. Dude, I secured bronze in the MMA India Nationals. Okay. And uh, the IMAF, I lost in the first fight. I lost to the world, current world champion. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that down. I wrote that down like properly. I, if you see that you can I see got that. confused. It was really long. I was just trying to piece it together. But nah, uh, man. It's my okay. apologies, homie. My it's apologies. okay. He, he's he's special. Don't worry about it. And I think I might be a little concussed today, so that's okay. <laughs> it, it that's all right. So, Karan, how's it going, man? Oh, good, man. Just getting through lockdown the best way I possibly can. I bought some mats for myself that I put next to my bed, and I got the blue mat so I can simulate warriors for as much as I possibly can. That's nice. Some people do the checkered mm. pattern, which I can't, cannot understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nice to see that. How has training mm. been for you um, in this lockdown period? Like, you're still in Pune, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm born and raised in Pune. I stay in Pune. I've been, you know, I've been here all my life. Training, on the other hand, though, has been very different. You know, you have to pick and choose who you train with. It's not it's not as uh, free as it was when we were when Sean was here because um, before Sean moved back to Gurgaon, it was we would train whenever whenever one of us had time we would train every day but if we didn't have the time we try to find a way to make the time and that's all about you know really really asking training partners to come home properly sanitize of course come home roll for a while and then you know keep the pace that. Keep the pace that Sean probably keep with me, but not many people can keep up with that pace. So it's hard finding training partners who can keep that sort of pace. But um, apart from that, I've started strength training again recently with my uncle. And um, Sean, Sean's got uh, training pace. Yeah, he does. And contrary to what you guys think, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to rep that guy for the rest of my life. You know because. Uh, none of the things that I have right now would have happened without Sean for me, you know, like having somebody that was like-minded. I can't even say like-minded because he was, he so many, he was so many levels above me in terms of, in terms of his mentality towards training and whatnot. So it was very, it was, it was very, it was, it was a blessing for me to have a person like him over here who was, who was always enthusiastic to train, who was always so eager to train and would always push me where I didn't want to go, you know? Right. There's so, not much I wouldn't say not much. I would say not anything. Because you know? there's not anything in Pune for, for Jiu-Jitsu at least. 
started doing mma and um, what was it like like what was your initial you know of course it was okay i want to learn how to defend myself i want to get make sure that mm-hmm. you know that kind of shit doesn't happen again um so mm-hmm. how were those initial training sessions and you know the introduction to mma i'm sure you were familiar because of your combat background in boxing but like the whole game So what was very foreign to me was ever throwing kicks in a fight because I never thrown a kick before. Uh let alone wrestling and jujitsu and what not because people's idea of wrestling and jujitsu over here is very distorted so it's hard for me to answer that question. But uh the initial training sessions were very very different from me because for me because uh, when I was boxing we were used to very very different sort of distance control and um, there was a lot of emphasis on technique and uh, how pretty your punches looked. you get point in terms of how good your punches looked as compared to when the punches were actually land hmm. the person that was moving forward was the person that was winning the fight in boxing unfortunately uh, the person who showed the most uh, control who, um, the, the the most in control the person who had the who had the better looking hands the person who the person who basically landed more but you know but landed even even on the guard so it was it was it was more of a point it was more of a point sport so when i first started mma and i had my i had my first sparring session it was very very insane for me because i can hide behind those big boxing gloves it's not the same thing as hiding behind mma gloves because mma gloves are very very small and uh, unfortunately for me in uh, in sparring we used uh, small four ounce gloves like this even in even 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 in the gym which was uh, which was a new which was a new experience for me so even when a punch slipped through It would it would end up cutting me right, somewhere. It would end up it would end up breaking something, or my eye would be swollen the next day. So CD. it made me tough really really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it made me tough really really quickly. But um, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend sparring with four ounce gloves to anybody. 
That's hilarious. So you guys. Uh, I mean, yeah, man. So Ashwin, carry on. Yeah, both. All I was saying was, um, so you got obviously because you had a background in combat. That learning curve for you was obviously much faster mm-hmm. than a lot of the other guys who come through. Um, mm-hmm. What about the kicking stuff? Like, if you hadn't done too much kicking, like, how did you get used to that? Because I've seen your work on Instagram. Uh, Who is it? Is Ismail Haji? Yeah, that's his coach. Yeah, Ismail Haji. Yeah, right. That's yeah. Coach, yeah. And what's his background? If you don't mind talking about it. Uh, I think he told me his background was in Taekwondo, but um, I think he's, he's more of a karate fighter. I'm not too clear because I've never really asked him that question. I've never really asked him that question. He was just, he's always, he's always been very, very good at striking, but um, yeah, but um, the ground game also, he he's, he's very, very good. He's very technical, but he fights like a heavyweight or he fights like a light heavyweight would. So he would probably wouldn't know how to train somebody that was my size, which is why I always struggled with, uh, with jiu-jitsu and grappling initially. So again, it's the point is to when Sean and I started training, he was able to show me stuff that, you know, smaller guys could do. Okay. So, uh, Mr. Ismail's background was, I, I think in Shotokan Karate and, um, and Taekwondo. Yeah, and Mohit, to answer your question about kicking, how I overcame that was uh, I just put in the reps, man. I just kept putting in reps on reps on reps on reps on reps, on reps and trying and trying and trying day after day because I realized the first day I went how shitty my kicks were. Because the first thing he made me do was throw a kick mm. and I had boxing shoes on. So you can imagine how underprepared I was to throw kicks and right. how much work it took me. But it was just years of reps and reps. And then I went to Thailand. Uh, when my when my family would go on vacation to Thailand, my uh, I I thought, Chalo, let me use as a goof. I went to a Muay Thai gym just to stay a little active because I'd been doing I'd been doing MMA for for about a year and a half, two years. Right. Then I started doing Muay Thai, and then two days after I started doing Muay Thai, I realized my kicks, my my hips were opening up. Long story short, I just think that it's reps on reps that helped me overcome that. I'm not the best kicker in the world, but the better than what they used to be. Fair enough. Like even that's that's kind of GSP's thing. He's not the best at anything, but just kind of better than everybody at putting mm-hmm. it together, which like is a fairly underrated. Uh, exactly knows how to mix it up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when did you start transitioning to okay, cool? I'm good at this. I'm pretty decent now. Let me go compete in mm-hmm. MMA. So when did that switch happen for you? <laughs> Good question. Good question. Uh, on the MMA WhatsApp group that my that, that coach had made for all of us that were a part of the families, he sent this form for this state-level sport MMA championship that uh, was being held in Bombay. Mm-hmm. And this was one day before my, my 17th birthday. Yeah, my, my 17th birthday. Damn. And my parents didn't let me go for that. Right. Yeah. So and my parents didn't let me go for that. My dad's reason was, no, it's your birthday. I don't want you to walk around with a swollen face on your birthday. Because after the boxing bout, my face would always be really, really swollen and have headaches. And yeah. it wasn't a pleasant experience for everybody, you know. So I said, I don't want you to be like that on your birthday. Then the following, then the following month came another, another, uh, another form for a sport MMA championship which was held at Body Power Expo in Bombay. 
Okay. Uh, where uh, SFL had held one of their cards and probably the day before that they were holding these junior championships for uh, for young and up and coming MMA fighters. So, um, so I begged and I begged and I begged my parents, and finally, 20 days before the tournament was was to be held, my mom and dad let me do it, and they ended up coming with me to see the whole thing. And mind you, this is sport MMA, so this is under 18. So. Yeah, so the rule set is very different. So it's it's again very very point based. Knockouts no elbows, allowed. Shin pads, no elbows yeah. and no ground and pound and no ground and pound and right. no ground and pound. Right. Yeah. The irony was there was no shin pads, so I could kick my opponent as hard as I wanted to in his leg, and it would only cost for one point. Even if the guy and if the guy stopped, I get disqualified. I think that's how it worked. I think that's how it worked. But yeah. I wasn't too clear on that. Anyway, long story short, I lost on points. Right, and it was. I, I realized that it was a very, it was a very enjoyable experience for me, and I realized that I have so many different, different tools to open up with over here. I have, um, I, I can use my kicks, I can use my punches, and although I landed more punches, I only, I only got one point, three punches, mm-hmm. and I realized, okay, this is bullshit. I'm gonna wait for a few months. I'm gonna wait till I'm about 17 and a half, and then start competing the seniors, because uh, the difference between amateur MMA and uh, and professional MMA. Uh, is the existence of shin pads and and no elbows of any kind and knees can only be thrown to the body. No heel hooks and uh, no spine manipulation. So, so no twisters, no neck cracks, nothing. Got it. No crucifix. Right. Yeah. So, okay, but it was still better than not being able to throw ground and pound. And it was still better than not being able to, and it was still better than not being able to, you know, Open up my specs, really not actually knock somebody out. Because even in boxing, most of my wins that I had were by knockout. So, so being against the rules to knock somebody out was sort of hanging up my hands in a way. Yeah, that, that's kind so of. So I waited a few months. Yeah, it is. It is. And if the guy gets knocked out because he's because he's got a glass jaw, it's 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 kind of unfortunate for you because you're right, right. So then yeah. you waited a few months. So uh, I waited a few months till I was about 17 and a half. Uh, the legal age to actually do it was uh, was 18. So I said, you know, I'm three months shy of my of my 18th birthday. Please, please, please take part. I already flew to Bangalore. I filled the form. They said, okay, chalo, you're here. But whatever happens is on you. They said, whatever happens is on you. So right. I said, okay, fine, fuck it, let's go. And in my first fight, I realized just how bad my grappling was because I faced this state-level wrestler from Jammu and Kashmir. Yeah. I didn't how bad my wrestling was. It was non-existent. It was non-existent. I had no way of defending myself when the fight went to the ground. I had no clue of what to do when the fight went to the ground. So this guy shot this really shitty double leg, which, and my defense was even shittier. So when he took me down, he just passed my guard, got on the full mount, and started hammering down punches for like, like two and a half of those three minutes. And as I heard the and as I heard the 10 second clapper towards the end of the first round, I was like, "Fuck it, this is not going anywhere. It's going to happen in the second round. I don't think I can take the second round." So I okay. And, um, and that was very demoralizing for me because um, because that was something I was I, I did not expect. You know, I had fun doing it doing sport and MMA. I thought everything was going to be easy. I saw Conor McGregor doing all these big things. I thought, you know what? Fuck, my striking is very good. But once I go to the ground, what? Am I? Right. And I did some digging on, you know, Connor's a Connor at that time was actually a purple belt in Jiu-Jitsu. He's a brown belt now. He's a purple belt. So I was like, oh, fuck. I need to it's, not, it's not just so like I, show up and throw hands. Like even the 
best strikers like try and take adesanya down man try and take jose aldo down like uh-huh. the best strikers will have and I, like part of the reason guys can strike well um like guys mm-hmm. i don't want to call yoel a great striker but like there is no fear of being mm-hmm. taken down and when you have that sort of like confidence absolutely in your you know ability to a get back up b not even get taken down you can just kind of let all your mm-hmm. you know weapons go um sort of like like that justin gechi thing where he's you know like yeah caution to the wind you know i'm cool like if i get hit i get hit but nobody's for yeah. me down yeah. drowning me yeah so then you did uh, that's actually sorry sorry go ahead you were saying no i said you were saying you did your research after you lost that fight i did my yeah so i lost my fight and i did some research on what to do uh and unfortunately the only thing i actually found was how to sprawl and then pick down those <laughs> how to sprawl and this is and this is by sprawl i mean not understanding what under hooks are not understanding what an over hook is not understanding how to push your opponent away just sprawl and stand up sprawl and stand up sprawl and stand up that's all i did for like maybe three more months and then that following january again i again i went to body power expo yet again uh and competed for the first time at a much higher level in the senior ranks again so i was on one at this point what i was on one at this point i was fighting at 61 kgs at bantam weight uh but now i fight at other weight because uh, yeah 65.8 but uh, yeah. 145 pounds yeah right 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 i moved up to 65 but this was even a year later you know because this was what i'm about to talk about is my second loss oh okay so yeah so what happened to me in that fight was uh, so, so again i'm going into this tournament on one um motivated more than ever you know come back into into um knock another motherfucker out so when So when I stepped into the cage I was very bad you know I was I find my knees at to find my sprawl I had to find um Mr. Party by the way uh, I I you know I I thought I'd refined I thought I'd refined whatever I could and it just wasn't enough because this guy was a total ruffian with his he, he wasn't good at anything he just threw this big overhand right that landed mm. my head movement was good because you know again boxing distance control or whatever but but a small bug and it a little bit and the punch sort of uh, snuck through lands on the, on the temple and it badly on the temple i was seeing three of them and i had to strike him and i thought okay fine with fuck which one do i strike i'm going to go to the left and boy was i wrong so so when i tried to throw the right hand he threw another hand he threw another he threw another overhand right overhand left i don't yeah. remember but yeah overhand left so he threw another overhand left and i fell to the floor and i covered up and the ref, the ref pulled me off was the next thing you so at that point i was on to and again extremely demoralized uh, extremely uh extremely i think uh, ashwin's little point out yeah i think his electricity went or something yeah. mm, it's good so um so what happened was i was on to at that point and this was 2017 i was extremely demoralized man i had you know i was i was planning on competing again really 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 soon i wanted to I was very excited i was very enthusiastic about everything mm-hmm. and there was just nothing that came out for me because i just i realized that i wanted to work on my own game a lot more 
but then unfortunately there was this um, stupid I can't say stupid I just say unfortunate loop of where there was people with a very mediocre understanding of um, with all due respect to everybody that was training me a very mediocre approach to how to fight on the ground because nobody really knew anything of really knew um, sure. too much and it's not their fault because nobody taught them either. So I just felt very frustrated at that point, and then I convinced my parents at the end of the year to, if if they were going to Thailand again for uh, for a holiday, to, to you know, commit train so we could as much as I possibly could. And all the different different cities that I went to, I made sure I went to MMA gym. Right. So, uh, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, I um I went to I went to Bangalore Expo yeah. Or another nationals was so I trained. So before that, I trained in Thailand for like days. Um, this is for, after losing for this final, tournament. You trained yes. again and went back. Yeah, tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. So then I went back and uh, I went to Thailand and I, I did a lot of striking. Like I did a lot of Muay Thai rounds. I did a lot of MMA rounds after that. I did some jujitsu. I did maybe two jujitsu classes, but they really, really helped me. You know, so there was this brown belt called Dylan Fussell who was who was taking the who was conducting the no key classes at uh, at Team Quest in Thailand. I don't know if he's still there, but um, but you know the the little advice that he had given me was was very very helpful to me. So uh, I went for those two jujitsu classes, and I got absolutely mauled by everybody over there. But it got me out more. So when I um, so when I so when I finally came back to India, I had two days. So one day, one the day before I left for Bombay, then I got my medicals done, and uh, the next day I left for the tournament, the weigh-ins. Then I weighed in. I weighed in at 65.8 kgs for the first time. Hmm. I just about weighed in because I was I was about 19 at the time. I was still growing. You know, my body was still growing. It's still growing. And um, how old are you now? 21. Damn, dude! Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be 22 in November. This year. Nice, nice, nice. Long way yeah. to go. Good. Um, so carry yes, on. So, so you were gonna turn. Uh, yeah. So I so I weighed in at 65.8 kgs for the first time. I cut about two kgs for this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mind you, at bantamweight, I wasn't really cutting any fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Cutting any weight for those yeah, fights yeah. because I was very, very. You know, I was very thin. I was very scrawny. And my body in 2017 just started growing all of a sudden because I started improving many habits. And again, getting older, your bones grow, your body grows. So, so uh, I weighed in at 65.8 kgs, and the next day I faced a striker from Jharkhand. Uh, but he was training out of South Africa, though. He was training in South Africa, so he was this ridiculous kicker, but I had no idea of how to pace himself. And that was one thing I and that was one thing I learned when I went to Thailand this time was how to pace myself in a fight. Yeah. So that's what I did. I paced, I paced that entire first round. I, I took it really, really slow. I took that Max Holloway approach. I took it really, really slow in the first round. And then in the crack, first crack maybe minute, up. minute and a half. Yeah, minute, minute and a half in the first round. I let this guy blow his ward early. And um, yeah, I let him blow his ward early in the first round. So that was a minute and a half, maybe two minutes of him just throwing as many kicks as he possibly could, throwing as many punches as he possibly could at me. I just block, move, block, move, block, move, and I didn't throw a lot of strikes in in the first few minutes of that first round. Mm-hmm. Last minute of the first round, I started being pressured. So it's you know it's a three-minute round. Amateur round is a three-minute round. 
So in the last minute of the, in the first round, I started turning it up and he just started to well handle that pressure. He threw this very lazy inside low kick, which I countered with the right hand. And uh, he covered up and because the, because the right hand really landed really, really hard on the bridge of his nose. Okay. He covered up and I just threw a flurry of punches and he, and, and before you knew it, I had my first win. So I was one and two. Nice. So that was a big deal for me, like getting my first win. I realized, I, like, I remember how hyped my coach was. My one training partner, his name is Kevin Almasafar. He was, he was in my corner for that fight. He, uh, he was, he was ecstatic. I think he was more happy than I was, you know, because yeah. my first fight, he had seen me literally. I, t- I, I take losses very, very personally. I don't, um, I don't, I don't like, I don't like losing. I'm a very emotional person that way. I don't, um, I don't handle loss all that well. Or I didn't handle loss all that well before. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the end of the road for me. So I, so he's seen from going, you know, from, 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 from crying nights and nights and nights and nights about, you know, me having lost this one fight, getting my first win. So it was a big deal for everybody. And the second day, uh, my opponent ended up getting injured in the fight where his, uh, where his ankle sort of fell through and I was ruled in the contest. He was to a kick and he got injured. But I think the fight, even though, even though, even though it was ruled a no contest, I think something like that should have been, you know, that, that decision should have been given to me. Yeah, like, that's basically that. Marlon Vera, Sugar Sean. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of times huh. at the amateur level, uh, if they don't get to see enough time of sport, they'll be like, no, no, we're just going to call it off. Everyone gets uh, a point or some shit like that. Exactly. And that was very, it was very unfair to me. So I was very pissed with that. Yeah. And then again, all 2018 went me just getting my mentality, right. You know, like learning how to learning how to like mentally prepare myself for battle. So, uh, late 2018, my uncle saw a video of me deadlifting. This was after my 20th birthday. This was like the, day or two, the, the first or second day after my, after my 20th birthday. Uh, my uncle saw a video of me on Instagram deadlifting, and it was the most horrendous form of deadlifting you could ever see in your life. My back was arching, my uh, you know, uh, my legs were locked out and straight, and that's not the way you're supposed to deadlift. So my uncle said, you know, fuck that, leave that gym, come, come to where I am, meet my strength coach. He's gonna give you some advice on how to correct your body. And uh, when I met my strength coach for the first time, his name is Vinay Kadam. You know, uh, so like Sean is part of that formula for me for winning. Vinay was, you know, Vinay was that, was, was sort of the brains behind, his sort of behind the brains, sort of the brains behind everything, you know, in, in my training, in my And he's still with me to this day. So I really thank my uncle. Yeah, I really, I really thank him for introducing me to Vinay. Uh, because the first day I met Vinay, he said, you know, you're very jittery. You're very jittery, you're very nervous to some people. Connect that about yourself. Count backwards from 100 with your eyes closed without any other thoughts entering your mind. Meditation, do a lot of mental training. He gave me some mental exercises to do, which uh, which really helped me calm down and sort of compose myself. In fight. I compose myself even in training. He's like, because you're so jittery in training, how the fuck are you going to compose yourself in a fight? Yeah. So, and then he introduced me to body uh, body mechanics and understanding anatomy properly. So I was able to move better, I was able to think better, and I was able to just train more efficiently. All right, guys, we just had a little interruption because of some internet problems, but back again here mm-hmm. with Karan Chahan. Here's the second half. So uh, okay. we were talking about before we kind of got cut off. Um, mm-hmm. You made it to your first victory at um, 
the amateur events and you were mm-hmm. one and two and then you found your strength and conditioning coach who has been yeah. one of the major sort of driving forces behind your camps behind your um sort of resurgence as a, one of india's top prospects so what kind of stuff do you do with him so uh, initially when i first started training with him it was uh, coincidentally around the same time i met shawn so all these things started coming together you know so shawn and i started training fairly uh, fairly early after i met vinay ஆட்டமி understanding uh, the anatomy of, of you know of humans which which played a big role in uh, which, which played a big role in me understanding how to use my body properly learning how to stretch learning how to mobilize my body correctly because it's not always about flexibility when you're training it's also about a lot of mobility and i think the one thing that he taught me the most was uh, was to train my mind learning to be flexible uh, mentally and learning to be very versatile and learning to be very calm because i was always a very very jittery person right slam in a way slam in a way because you know again the emotional that way the reason we do combat and these kind of sports mm-hmm. is um mm-hmm. there's a sense of control and there's a sense of uh at the end of training always sort of calm mm-hmm. but right. um you know it's one of the reasons you take up a skill like this or you take up a, <clears throat> a suit uh, mm-hmm. like this is a, it's a martial pursuit it gives you skills that can be applied to other situations than the sport itself um and part of that is learning how to be calm you know if you're a you don't see like frantic martial artists but like mm-hmm. you shouldn't strive to see those ideally so yeah how has that um, how has that all kind of cultivated in your head so how do you how how do you feel you've changed and what did you do to achieve that um i want to give an example of this is um when you see uh, 2013 adcc for i mean not a lot of your viewers are jujitsu guys right? there's a lot of jujitsu practitioners so 2013 adcc you see from gracie and uh yeah, yeah. this thing basically go for the go for the cc where uh, you see from uh, just run through his first opponent and there's not even there's not even little emotion on Nixon's face right so and there's not there's no emotion on Kron's face either because he knows that this is his job and this is what he's supposed to do and because he suffered more in training that this win that he just ran through this person in 30 seconds is no big deal to him so he strained his mind to be calm in a very chaotic in a very uh, in a very chaotic and in a very in a very uh, tense environment yeah and fixed it tense environment because i think is not very easy what we do is not easy at all mm. what we do requires blood sweat balls whatever you know whatever 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 person can muster at that point mm. and learning how to wield that properly learning how to control that properly mm. so one one very important thing that uh, that i started doing was um, i started putting myself in difficult situations i.e. training with shawn mm. uh, and 
I started Olympic lifting with, uh, with my strength coach as well. So, you know, understanding how to use your body, how to use your body to work in a chain, work as one, not just work one, one muscle group every, every single day, because, because that's not what happens in a fight. You're not just using your bicep or tricep in a fight, you're not using your chest and back in a fight. You're using right. your hips, your hips are driving everything. Your yeah. whole body is doing everything in fighting. And to me, I feel like it's going to sound very cliche to you, but uh, I feel like Jiu-Jitsu is a very, very, very good an, uh, analogy for life because um, when you're put in those tough situations, when you're on, when you're getting choked out, or when you're almost getting choked out within an inch of your life on a daily basis, you know that no external pressure can possibly get you. Of course, you there are different things guys. in life which. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. The super calm and shit along and then suddenly something goes mm-hmm. wrong. And like, Fuck, why do I have to do this nonsense work? Yeah. So, I was just going to say that, you know, of course, there are some situations in life where, where it does end up affecting you very, very emotionally and it fucks with your mind and it fucks with your, it fucks with your peace. But yeah. uh, you learn how, you, you learn how to wield that anger. You learn how to make that anger your friend. That was one thing that I really learned to do is I learned to take all these losses, take all these take all these bad vibes that I was getting from people, take all this shit that the world was giving me and learn how to use it correctly. Learn how Focused to it. use that sort of, learn how to use that sort of adversity to my own advantage. Because later I get, because later I can tell people, you know what, I went through this, but I'm still where I am. I'm still trying to get at a higher level every day. I'm trying to be better than I was the day before. So one thing that really, really helped me, and I'm not just saying this because you guys are from Warriors School and, um, Hey, Sean. Sean, like, see, I'm, I'm going to rep that guy to the, like, <laughs> like, till the day I die. Even when I retire, even when I stop fighting, I'm going to do jujitsu for the rest of my life just because of how good my life became after that, how, how good I felt about myself after that. Yeah. Because he put me in bad situations every day, you know, like, have you ever, like, it, of course you have, but <laughs> like, 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 the, like the regular Joe has not been, has not been put in a mounted triangle and your, and his arm is extended at the same time as well, because that's a very, very bad place to be. Right. It's not the most pleasant place to be because you're under a guy who's sweating, who's sweating his fucking his whatever off. Dripping, dripping and from his nose <laughs> into the side of your Exactly, eye. sweat dripping from everywhere. And he has this death hold on you. It's not the most, it's not the most comfortable position to be in. But when you go through that discomfort every day, when you go through, when, when, when you, when you go through that, that, um, that level of uh, discomfort every single day, it, it sort of calluses your mind. It calluses your mind to the things that, you know, that the small things in life that usually affect. Yeah. Most people, young people, young, impressionable people. It learns, it, 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 learns, it teaches you how to, it teaches you how to use your brain in a more effective manner. And now when I roll with anybody, now whenever a fight goes to the ground, it, um, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of like my thing. It's yeah. just kind of like my thing. And I'm not scared. Like I'm more nervous. I was scared more a, nervous. You got a bunch of wins by armbar, haven't you? Yeah, I got. Uh, I won my first national title like that. But that was after a very painful loss at the World Championships. I'm getting to that. So in in so Sean and I had been training for a few months now, hmm. and I went for the I went for my first nationals. Went for my I went for my I, I can't say no, sorry, not not first nationals, but I went for the nationals that. Um, I got my first submission win, which was a huge deal for me because the year prior to that, I had no idea of what jujitsu was or mm. what formal jujitsu was. Mm. So after after being strangled, um, my arm my arm extended, my knees my knees fucked, my ankles fucked uh, for two months. 
I went for this tournament and I saw everybody around me and I just saw so much ego. I saw so much insecurity in these people around me because I realized that, okay, fine, this is a very mental game. And I see people, I see those people that are running around, look, giving death stares to everybody. They, they're just insecure. Mean mugging I'm more you. scared. Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, exactly. Mean mugging you. And it's, 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 it's honestly quite strange to me when somebody starts getting up in my face and, you know, starts trying to intimidate me because there's nothing I haven't seen in training, at least. I mean, at least we're going to fight. Like, you want to fight? Like, yeah, exactly. Go and fight. Yeah, we can go right now. We can go, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We can go right now. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so you're walking so around, I, all these guys are mean mugging you and just like giving yeah. you bitch face. And I, realized, and I realized that, you know, the people that I'm actually scared of are the guys that are wearing glasses and are fucking laughing and joking yeah. in the back. Or yeah, exactly. The people that look like computer man. programmers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because not a lot of jiu-jitsu guys look very menacing. You know, they're, they're, people who do jiu-jitsu, the, primarily people who do jiu-jitsu, I've noticed that people who always have an underdog story. So they have this very, they have this very humble aura about themselves. Or if you're, unless you're Gordon Ryan. I mean, when you're that good, <laughs> fuck you, right? <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Humble. No, no, I don't want this praise. I've beaten everybody there is. Like, oh. Yeah, exactly. By the way, have you heard about Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan uh, yeah, fixing we, up a match, or is that just a rumor? We posted it on our leverage thing. I I don't know. Okay. I guess the more people that post about it, talk about it, can actually you know get mm-hmm. the needle moving. Fucking flow sports, flow, flow grappling might even you know sponsor it mm-hmm. and not have those guys put up their money and shit. Because I don't think anyone like. I don't think anyone thinks Andre Galvao will put up 500k against Gordon's one mil, mm-hmm. even though Gordon might actually do it. I'm pretty sure he's confident enough in his. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But so, uh, like I was saying, not to sorry, go ahead. nothing, nothing. I was just went on a tangent about Galvao and Gordon. Uh, but like you were saying, mm. I, like, I like hearing about grappling. But again, I watched I watched these sports as a fan as well, which which allows me to you know. Appreciate the true beauty behind the sport. So, do you train so in the gi I, as well? Uh, just I've I've done training in the gi maybe three months, okay. three months with Sean and um, and uh, Sean told me that Ashwin decided to give me my first stripe when um, yeah, around around March sometime. Uh-huh. My first stripe on my white belt. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, that was and that was thank you so much. And that was after I got um, uh, after I got my national. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of wins by submission. So I felt that the white belt was not as much my I'm uh, sorry, I felt that the first stripe was not as much a testament to my to my improvement in the D, but uh, a testament to my improvement in MMA as a whole and, and jujitsu for MMA as a whole. So it's, I, it's I, I take it that like, way. It's like look, I, I, I know a lot of guys who have done kickboxing, have done boxing, but have never grappled mm-hmm. and wrestled. And like when they used to come into our academy Mm-hmm. it's just a whole new world. So for a combat mm-hmm. athlete, you know, once you start doing jujitsu and start absorbing all the, mm-hmm. the knowledge, the philosophy, the, you know, the greats, the Vale Tudo Kings, um, mm-hmm. and you see like how much of it is entrenched in like fucking fighting when, you know, fights are that close. Um, mm-hmm. More often than not, it goes down to the ground, man. So it would have opened up a lot of like, you know, pathways for you while you are training uh, MMA. Just the fact that you're doing jujitsu as an additional thing. 
mm-hmm. how did that how did that um, i of course you got a bunch of submissions but like how does that play out in training nowadays for you uh it allows me to train and fight as a whole with more mental flexibility if you understand what i'm getting at mm-hmm. because when you're not worried about being taken down when when a guy shoots shoots with a kick down and you're just you're just like I don't, i don't even try and fight the take down if i know i can submit the guy you know i don't even try and fight the take down mm-hmm. i try and wrap his neck up for fancy you know i try and see if he's got a strong neck uh because if he's got a strong neck i'm going to try and avoid going for the triangle i'm probably going to go for his arms i'm probably going to try and get his back right so so you do small small things to test out the waters to see how your opponent is once you get a feel of it once you get a physical feel of your opponent you can answer you know is he strong is he smart is he dumb is he just a meathead you see you see all these different different things yeah of course my base is in striking i'm always going to go back to my boxing if all else fails in the fight but um but jiu jitsu just gave me this sense of comfort you know because you're literally just sitting on your ass and winning a fight of course in this in the most little sense it's not that but <laughs> you are literally winning stuff while lying down you know while lying down getting like like throwing out submissions with your legs sometimes attacking the legs to fake and you know go for the upper body maybe go for knee bars and stuff like that although Such i haven't sweep get on top yeah exactly so that whole chain exactly so so that so it's that chain of mental flexibility in terms of fighting in terms of training because even now when a bigger guy tries to get on top of me I know I'm not scared because I know that I know how to use my I know how to manipulate him in a way where it's advantages for me. Mm-hmm. So are so you teaching this is my understanding right now? Um like uh, class I am or are you learning right now? I am I am I am I am teaching people whatever I know because again um what Sean and I worked on was refining a lot of my basics because my basics were virtually non-existent. Absolutely. So I'm teaching people whatever I know and um, all the things that I've picked up by rolling with guys that are not as experienced as me. So about the friends that had come home in the middle of this lockdown um, were, um, so, this, so there's this one guy, his name is Siddhant. He trains with me, I think maybe two, three times a week. He comes home, we roll. He knows now as much as I know about Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. again he's learning he's learning how to apply apply the different different things that I'm going to teach him mm-hmm. the little the, the small fundamentals that I'm trying to impart on him he's learning how to improvise with those he's learning how to uh, he's learning how to use small small tweaks in his own favor because he's a big guy broad shoulders so he intends to favor you know putting like throwing his body weight on me and trying to you know muscle me around a little bit but that doesn't always work so he's also using to improve he's also learning to improvise that way right uh, i am i am taking personal training right now i just started doing personal training for some do but um yeah teaching jiu jitsu is probably one of the most fun things that <laughs> it gives me a more it gives me a more uh, in depth approach to knowing how the moves work you know because when you throw up when you throw up submissions you're doing it because it's in your head it's muscle memory yeah. when you're teaching you learn to break it down properly so even yeah. when you roll with somebody yeah. afterwards you put you put all that much more you know you get all that much better. that's an important thing you figured out really mm-hmm. early is mm-hmm. that um, the more you teach the better you learn like you know you get it and of course there will be the mm-hmm. you know there will be situations where you know you don't have all the knowledge mm-hmm. but even breaking down the basics of the knowledge you have like why does shifting mm-hmm. work the way it does or why does framing work the way it does even that is like such crucial information for people who have no idea how to shrimp or how to move around mm-hmm. or how to do anything um and a lot of like the basics of jiu jitsu are essentially what you end up needing in those situations like 
somebody's mm-hmm. on mount uh, in most amateur fights i've seen guys are just throwing their legs up trying to hook the armpits and you know do a double exactly you know sunset <laughs> uh yeah it's, oh. it's hilarious to see that you know like it, it's funny when you go for tournaments and you see these guys doing it it's just like you sit then you wonder okay how how much time left in the round okay fine. two more minutes yeah, of pain yeah yeah it's it's, it's yeah. weird like and mm-hmm. mma is a has a glorious dream right you get a lot of phone calls mm-hmm. of bro oh, i want to fucking do mma why like yeah. you know like what is the reason okay you've been doing mm-hmm. karate for 6 years and you've been doing this you've been doing this mm-hmm. you you've done it like you want to do it but then guys just show up with just you know nothing to their name like no heart no passion no drive and the Absolutely. first thing i tell them is like okay if you can't show up every single day for a month like this is not for mm-hmm. you like simply yeah. like show up for every day for a month and then maybe you know fine you want to take a day off i'll give it to you mm-hmm. but there's out of maybe 15 guys that come in through any gym there's one guy mm-hmm. who's like na 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 i'm going to show up every day like you just mm-hmm. tell me what time i have to show up i'll show up so yeah. i like teaching is fun like that cuz you then you see these you know like uh, what's that there's a needle in a haystack it's that right you know it's that mm-hmm. shining light that mm-hmm. motivates you also you're like okay i can't be shitty that i have to get better too you know it's is mm-hmm. for the next one and the next one and like it's great to see that what ashwin has taught shawn has percolated down mm-hmm. to you yes, and like down to me like that yeah and you're wearing the warriors cove t-shirt you're repping us hard yeah uh, yeah exactly yeah. glad you noticed yeah. no i did i did i thought uh, mm-hmm. that's fucking cool man like it's really nice mm-hmm. to see this kind of stuff with some of the younger generation and the younger athletes in our country because this mm-hmm. like I can't understand why the sport is so shit here. Like no offense. Mm-hmm. But you know what? No, I mean. absolutely not. Not not taken. Not taken. Um, I don't know what it is, man. It's just the seriousness I think with which people take it and like the mm-hmm. elements that are actually supposed to be serious um are not taken as so. It's more like yes. still a lot of like glamorizing, right? Exactly. So what's your opinion on this on the You're not a pro yet, I believe. No, I'm still fighting. Uh, I'm still fighting as an amateur, mostly because I just want some experience. Because when you take a loss as an amateur, I'm not saying I'm working to lose. I'm 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 hoping to lose. But I'm saying when you do take a loss, it doesn't matter as much when you're an amateur. Because yeah. uh, when you start fighting pro, and there's that when and when your all goes away, when your one if you want to know to win, you know, if all goes away, your credibility sort of takes a hit at the same time because promotions are looking for an asset, not a liability. Sure. So, so when when that all goes away, people say, "Hmm, who was this guy's loss against? Oh, he was against Grappler. Okay, make sure we don't put him against another Grappler so we can promote him. Or if some, or if the promoter is a piece of shit and he's going to fuck you over, then um, then he's going to say like, oh shit, he lost the Jiu-Jitsu guy. Let's put him against the next guy. Right. Right. You know? So I try. I'm trying to refine all my skills the best I possibly can, and I plan on going through all the competitions. and any um like any plans like when do you think you'll make the 482 pro uh, like i said um i'm going to get as much experience as i possibly can hopefully get a fight before this year is up if if india's putting up any legitimate i mean yeah, the this the sanction of india uh, the fight under 
they have a bunch of promotions like Underground Fight Nights, Fight of Nights, which is you know which which has a lot of their events in North North India. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope one of those promotions will be reserved if they get their permission if they get, if they get the stuff you know legally sanctioned and go. And all the safety measures are in place because uh, my plans are a lot bigger, and I'm working on I'm working on a few things right now that I'm waiting for waiting for to materialize in my life, which is not at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just looking for those to materialize before I actually put anything out to the public about what my future plan. Yeah. Fair enough. Now the route I'm looking to go down is uh, hopefully get more experience um, for the year is up, or you know, all of next year I'm going to try and compete as much as I possibly can, as many wins as I possibly can in my belt. And hopefully go pro by the end of next year or beginning of the year after that. Nice, nice. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming long-term ambitions have to be to fight at one of the top premier organizations in the sport. It might sound very cocky, and I know that I've said this before on my on on one podcast that I was previously uh, on. All good. I said that I said that uh, you know I plan on being the first Indian UFC champion. I know it might sound very really cocky. I know it might sound very, you know, it might sound very unrealistic right now because I don't have the, I don't have the attributes or the accolades or all the titles, so to speak, to back, but to back that came up, right? Because as you know, the, the sport is always evolving. But I know that I've always overcome my own mindset before. When I got slapped in the eleventh grade, I didn't even know what jujitsu was. I had no clue. So I had no idea what the UFC was. Fuck jujitsu. Fuck fighting. Fuck kickboxing. Mm-hmm. I only had an idea of how to throw a jab, cross, hook, and an uppercut and mix those up the best I possibly could. Yeah. That is all I knew about fighting. That, that was the end all be all for me in fighting. I had no idea what the UFC was. So I'm ranked number one in the featherweight. Your leg. Yeah. That was another big thing for me. You know, when somebody beat my leg for the first time, I got the <laughs> yes, shit in bed. Jesus, every, terrible, every time I went to the loo, every time I went to the loo and sat down, I thought about you that. Shit, like, I was oh, just no, like, no, yeah, can't, man. Can't get up now. Like, okay, I'm going to just leave. Yeah, me exactly. Here. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Um, yeah, so it's fucking um, it's weird, man. When you have that limited knowledge, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that you have high aspirations because, um, well, you got to dream big, man. You cannot be like mm-hmm. I. Let's say you don't become UFC champion. For I hate to say it out loud, mm-hmm. but I'm with yeah. you. You know that, but still. Mm-hmm. I mean, with goals like that, I mean, you'll get somewhere, man. If just mm-hmm. thinking that I'm going to just win a fucking medal at like a, you know, at a local event or like at a event in Bombay and that's good enough, like that's where it stops for me. Yeah. Like I have nothing beyond that to give. Um, current man, tons of people do that. Like yeah, exactly. so it's really refreshing to see that you are bold enough to speak your mind about something like this, where you're like, dude, this is what my genuine fucking dream is. I'm going to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. That is some fucking ballsy shit, man. That's awesome. I, I really appreciate you saying that, you know, because a lot of people that I hung around growing up, they got into bad habits. Like I went to private school over here and you know how it goes over there, right? People get into mm-hmm. bad Who shit. Tell? People get into <laughs> people, <laughs> people, uh, if, if bad things happen and people have too much money. And uh, and they don't know how to use it. They don't, they don't know how to wield the knowledge and the place in their lives that they get. I saw a lot of things going wrong around me. I saw people going in and out of rehab at 16 years old, 17 years old, and I just knew that I didn't, I did not want to be a part of that. I, I won't be that. 
and that's why fighting sort of saved me like i you see you see this happening in usually poorer places um people who you know in in more rural areas where people where people don't have a lot of opportunity you see people just taking these easy way because they feel like it's because they feel like it's you know it's 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 easy so it must work but learning to live with discomfort learning to embrace fear learning to embrace just i can't i know i'm using the word discomfort a lot but i feel it's become my best friend over the last couple of years that i've been fighting mm-hmm. i've learned to embrace that discomfort i've learned to i've learned to wield it i've learned to wield my fear i've learned to wield my 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 nervous my, my nervous state of mind i don't I don't oh, like some details. This is really interesting. Like, because everyone feels this shit, man. Everyone feels mm-hmm. nervous before a competition. Mm-hmm. Everyone feels nervous day to day. Like, am I on time? Am mm-hmm. I? There's so much like clutter here, there. So, how mm-hmm. exactly have you done this? Please enlighten me also. Okay. So again, it's the experiences that I've I've been through. Right. Um, academically, I was not always the strongest person. Uh, uh. I was not a jock in school. I never, I never really played. I, I never did anything like high level stuff, boxing. But um, even that was just okay. Fine. I was in school. I was doing it as a hobby. I was doing it three times a week to stay active, to stay fit. I was, you know, it kept me, it kept me grounded and it kept me very, it kept me focused on something in school. But again, that's school. Once you go out into the real world, once you grow up, once you turn fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, you come from a family that has, you know, that. as a bunch of hustlers you that has a bunch of people that can't see somebody let alone their own sitting around and doing nothing mm. pushing you every single day mm. you tend to kind of inculcate that into yourself if you, you kind of learn to embrace that sort of embrace that sort of mentality for yourself and a very very big driving force in my life to me has been my girlfriend she is somebody that's kept me very 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 honest You know, every time I felt like I was flying too high, or I felt like my feet were going off the ground, my head was too high up in the clouds, she'd bring me back down and say, "You know, Karan, maybe you should slow down right now, and maybe you should be a little more humble. Maybe you shouldn't try and be like Conor McGregor. Uh, works for him because he is at that level. Yeah. Doesn't work for you because you know you're no one right now. Like it, she tells me things that I don't like to hear, but I need to hear. Mm-hmm. And same goes for my mom and my dad and my grandfather." My mom and my dad. I know, like I know for a fact that my mom and dad, as much as as different as they are from me, that without them, none of this would have been possible. Because mm-hmm. MMA is a very expensive sport, man. It's a, you say what you want to say about it. It is a fucking expensive sport when it comes to nutrition, yeah. when yeah. it comes to when it comes to training, Condition, going to this coach, yeah. that yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tell me about uh, exactly, exactly. And it's hard to balance all of that stuff, and it's hard for them to see their kid. you know go out there and put himself in harm's Basically way to, to get prove something to himself you know yeah, to prove something yeah. to himself every time he goes out there he's fighting for whatever hardship he's been through he's not fighting for anybody he's fighting for himself mm. it's hard for them to see that but they've always you know i can't just say financially supported that i i i say that my mo- my mom and my grandfather have come to both the underground fight nights events that i've you know i've i've won both my fights at one of your guys rahul thapa he he even that so i guess you know I should know about that promotion. Uh, but my grandfather is actually one of the people that you know has come to every single tournament with me since 2018. He has come everywhere with me. He has come to Bombay. He has come to Hyderabad. He has come to Bangalore. He's 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 come everywhere with me. So he's the he's the kind of person 
that comes there, sits with the water bottle, sits with my bag, you know, says, okay, Karan, come on. He, he's the one holding the camera. So oh, oftentimes the camera comes in. That's so, so sweet. Like you are yeah. so blessed for just that alone. Like among any Absolutely. other. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, so it's so having this, sweet, it's having this tight knit set of people in my life. You know, it's, it's having a it's having a very small circle but having a very strong circle at the same time in my life. stability is one of the found like <laughs> that sounds stupid but uh, no go ahead stability basically home stability and relationship stability is the foundation for you know building to greater things like as much as Absolutely. you're a maverick and you're doing it on your own and you're like out there whooping ass, looking cool, taking names, you know, kissing babies, all that shit. It, mm-hmm. it all stems and comes and is grounded in your team of coaches, of, mm-hmm. you know, family and, you know, your close friends and stuff. That's really nice, mm-hmm. man. That's really nice to hear because um, sometimes with talent, you know, you kind of get this big head. That, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't need no nobody. I fucking mm-hmm. I can do this shit on my own. And absolutely, um, yeah. There's there's a lot of examples of guys doing that too. But like, um, if you lose sight of this important shit, like you will never be able to have a good fight if like mm-hmm. you're constantly at odds with your significant other or mm-hmm. like you know having issues with your parents or whatever. You know, like it could be anything. But mm-hmm. like. That sort of zen that you've managed to create at such a young age for yourself is quite remarkable, man. I really appreciate you saying Kudos, that. You're very and of course, I'm not. Must say. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot to me, man. You know, I kept around me in my life also that kept me kind of, kept me from being kept me from saved me from myself. You know. Yeah, so. I get it. Of course, I have my problems with my girlfriend. I have my problems with my parents. Who, sure, doesn't? who doesn't? Like after you turn 18. Which boy has not had one argument with his father or mother that's that, that that's come out of India? Yeah, yeah. Which boy hasn't? You know, because again, Why my parents are both hustlers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why did you shut the door? No, for me, for me, anytime I brought my girlfriend home, it was like, Karan, why is the door shut? You're 17. Is, Keep the fucking the fuck door open. Think? Why yeah. do you think the fucking door is shut, dude? Exactly. Exactly. So. Okay. Exactly. And my girlfriend still stuck around after that stuff, you know. So. <laughs> she, 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 and she's yeah. So she, so she's a big reason for a lot of this. You know, she's a big reason for keeping me grounded. She's a big reason for a lot of the good things that have come in my life to me, man. She, she makes uh, you want to do better. I wish I could. She makes me want to be level up every day. You know, when you when be you better. when you surround yourself with people that want you to level up every day, be better is one thing. But when when they when they want when when she genuinely wants to see me do a lot better, it motivates you to. To get out of bed and think, okay, fine. What's the first thing I'm going to do? Am I going to watch some TV right now, or am I going to do my mobility work? Am I going to do? Am I going to watch? Am I going to listen to a podcast that that you know that that's going to help me expand my mind? Am I going to? Am I going to go have some pancakes right now? No, I have to earn those pancakes for Sunday. I have to earn those. I'm going to go train hard right now, and I'm going to go earn that. Yeah, but of course, nice. sometimes you give into your cravings and you have those pancakes and it's it afterwards. But your stomach is smiling. Yeah, yeah. But when so, you're when you're moving so, up a weight class, then it's cool. When you don't see um, making weight for me has not been a problem except one time. Okay. But even then, but even then, it helped me tap into a part of myself that didn't know existed. So. The uh, actual weight cut. 
the actual weight cut, just the struggle of it, you know, like just knowing that, you know, my opponent is definitely not working as hard as I am right now. Yeah. So he is not going to get the results I'm going to get. And for that fight, I ended up knocking it out in 11 seconds. Boy. So I realized that, you know what, I when I... I've seen that on so, YouTube, on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, that weight cut was a particularly nasty one for me. Because um, I'm usually very good at telling what what, what weight my body is at. Wait the week of the fight. I don't like to I don't like to walk around too heavy. But I didn't realize this was happening because this was uh, midsummer, and I had been having a lot of electrolytes to keep myself very hydrated all the time during training. So electrolytes is something that has a lot of salt and a lot of uh, this thing, and has a, has a small amount of sugar in it, which holds on to your body very. You know, it, it's it's used for medical purposes, so yeah, it holds on to your body. It's it's, it's designed to exactly for, for water retention, exactly to rehydrate your body and to replenish it, and you know. To, to, to store glycogen in your body again. Dude, I've been told to I take that every day now. Like, uh, if you're making a certain weight, I suggest you don't. You have, no, I have no as much to water take, as you But my possible. strength and conditioning mm-hmm. coach is like, okay, after every mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu session, you must have mm-hmm. water with electrolytes. Like, you know, right. as you get older, man, the body also changes. Like, I don't know what's going on. Definitely. Last few months, I've just been mm-hmm. dying on the mats, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's cool dealing with it. So yeah, you took electrol, and uh, it was that was what proved it to be a hard cut. I. Eh? It was a it was a viciously hard cut for me because um, I I'm usually very good at knowing what weight my body is at. I stepped on the scale that Monday. The fight was on Saturday. I stepped on the scale, and I usually know that I was I was about to be six, 69, 70 kgs. I started on the scale and I was 73.5. I was like, oh, fuck me. This is the middle of the morning, you know, after I've done my business. And um, <laughs> and I was done training. And, you know, I, I, I was about to go train. And I called up. The first thing I did was I called my strength conditioning coach at 8 in the morning. And I was just like, dude, fucking help me now, man. I, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know how to do this. I'm 8 kgs over the weight limit the week of the fight this is not going to happen uh, smoothly mm-hmm. so he was like yeah you're right it's not going to happen smoothly but uh, okay fine good you told me because um, up until that point um, so I got call for the fight about four weeks out so two weeks I did a lot of strength work I tried to increase as much size and strength as I possibly could and I was already training prior to that um, I was already training and active prior to that so I got the call for the fight four weeks out and then my actual camp just started. So I realized that I need a solid four weeks and I'm good. I don't need an eight, 12, yeah, 16 week camp. I don't need it. Because you're always in the gym. So, yeah, exactly. I, one, of the, one, thing, one of the things I, I like about myself is that this is a lifestyle for me. It's not, it's, it's, I don't do this for three weeks out of the whole year. You know, if I'm fighting like once a year, I don't do it for three weeks. I do it every day. Yeah. So, um, so what I did was that, that morning I went and I, I started I had not run up to that point for about three years. I stopped running because it had an adverse effect on my mm-hmm. an adverse effect on my ankles and my knees and my yeah. hips. Jesus Christ, my hips used to hurt so badly. <laughs> yeah, man. You're I felt like I was 50 years though. old. Yeah, no. No, but no, but that was because I used to sprint in school. I used to do athletics in school. Right. I was not very good at it, but I did it. And I used to go and have Coca-Cola afterwards. I used to go and have Rio. I used to go and have a packet of Lay's. So my nutrition was not always up to what it should be. Because I was a kid, I didn't know shit. Right. Food is food, drink is drink, liquid is liquid is liquid. Supposed to take you out of the way. I was really that dumb in school. 
and uh, butter and fucking bread and all that chai and coffee and Some more butter and more butter lot of a lot of meat stuff you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. um so a lot of a, a lot of carb filled bad heart attack type of food you know right 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 but so, some fire dhansak then fuck yeah man yeah. i just had dhansak for lunch today right <laughs> before before this so yeah, so, so, so that's how it is bro mm-hmm. If you ever in Pune, you know where to come and have dancak now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah. Um, so then. Yeah, like I was saying. Cut, you're cut. So it's just getting sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Good conversation. So, um, so that cut was a particularly hard one. So I and I, I felt so guilty every time I ate food because the first day I went, my coach made me run on the treadmill. I was like, dude, I'm wearing boxing shoes. How do I run in these? He was like, with your feet, run. I was like. ஒரு <laughs> <laughs> so i um so i got done running that day then he was like okay fine five rounds of skipping go is hmm. you have to just sweat 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 today so your body gets used to it and it just ends up sweating the entire week and you and time so i did this thing friday uh, morning comes around time of the wanes you will be 65.8 kg on the spot and this was this was what we put me up in the first session i went in at 73.1 or 2 and i came out at about 71.9 and then after that you eat you uh, you train again you eat and you train again so at the end of that day i was about 71.9 so this is a successful first day for me <clears throat> excuse me as the days went on uh, thursday thursday came about for me and uh, thursday i think was the hardest time i've had because i was still 68 point something this was the that. day yeah this was the day before the fight yeah and again you have to stay comfortable during fight week because it, 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 it's incredibly essential that you stay in a good mood this fight week was absolutely hell for me right because the fight was just so bad i and you know it puts into perspective for me because i don't know what masvidal went through when he cut for kamal usman right now yeah that was over and 30 pounds actually puna samosa very hot so hmm. so excuse me so i don't think but, but, but i don't think it's as bad as gurgaon or delhi so um, swampy here for some reason like yeah i think okay. rain so it was like a dry heat over there uh usually is in the summer but mm-hmm. it's been raining and it's just pretty mm-hmm. fucking nuts like today I, we were going for training so we switched that training timing to about 6:30 a.m. now oh that's painful man fuck I like it man. Yeah. I fucking much better. I love it. I love it. Early mornings start oh, your day with man. fucking martial arts, bro. Best day ever. Yes. 
every day is the best Jeez, day ever no. you don't have to worry about the days bullshit like you can just oh i've done jiu jitsu oh i've trained martial arts i don't give a fuck anymore about what you say so it's kind of like <laughs> you know like you never yeah, go into training like uh, in the evenings and sometimes you have training you just like oh man i got this work i got that work and obviously mm. part of going to training is get rid of mm. that those thoughts but um, it's a different feel to just get it done at 6 in the morning as well but uh, there was fog today in the morning which was the mm-hmm. weirdest thing it's the middle of what september yes yeah we had fog this morning it was bizarre mm-hmm. so it's uh, I, I, fog seems like a dream come true right now because it's so colorful and puna but when it rains it fucking starts pelting over here so right. it's it's very it's a very deal with also just to mention um mm-hmm. speaking of the rain you put a video of you hitting the bag i believe yesterday or day before yeah yeah yesterday um, yesterday with right. your amazing lue gear so yeah tell us about the gear you've got and like how did this uh, so you're a, you're a sponsored athlete um by their company mm-hmm. yes so what is like yeah. if you can share yeah. what does that entail how did they get in touch with you um tell me about it Okay so I put up a video of uh, myself hitting the bag uh, that I made out of tires and two PVC pipes because I couldn't get my hands on a bag because it was you know locked down everything is very bad my brother who uh, who runs a steel factory outside Pune um has these industrial drills so I asked him you know can can, can you please make boxing bag for me out of tires just put the PVC pipes in it and uh, you know two four tires Put two, put 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 one, maybe twenty foot chains to it, and you're good to go. So it's just the whole thing together. And I was hitting that, and I was destroying my hands, but I was also toughening up my hands as much as I could. Right. I put the video. I put up a video of me punching that bag, and then I get an email from uh, this gentleman called Neeraj Mahajan, who is a director at. Uh, so he was a partner at. Um, who was a partner at LEW. Uh, he he said he sent me a very uh, brief uh, brief email. ियंस LW for people who don't know um has been a boxing company that's been around for a long 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 time also we going going all the way back to 1986 it's such a lander based company that uh, manufactures gloves for all the big brands that you see on the other side of the world they have the last long stay mm-hmm. ringside mm-hmm. uh they are their offshore manufacturers in india right right and um they are the overseas manufacturers and uh, the leather that they use with their gloves is just absolutely Amazing. insane so you get these world class these world class quality products for i'm not even getting one tenth the price prices. that you would dude i wouldn't i i would charge people that i'm training more than that man <laughs> but they, yeah and it's so amazing to see the fact that they sent me they so so the first thing he said was okay what do you need i said they yeah, first things first i need a boxing bag he was like okay how many cuz like uh man two maybe one two if you're willing to And he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a kickboxing bag, like a five, six foot kickboxing bag, which is like me. Yeah, doll bag, which is lying in my room over here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. And and the tape. Uh, 
I, and the, and the body snatcher back. Right. But that came much later. I told him, you know, I told him that you know I've been a big fan of that. I, I, I kept telling, I kept hinting at, I, I because the only time I'd ever seen a battery that was in a boxing gym, and they're incredibly, incredibly expensive to come by. Right. They're eleven, twelve thousand rupees anywhere else for shitty quality boxing. Like I feel right. that any company that manufactures them in India, at least, no disrespect to the companies, no disrespect to the work that they've been doing, but LEW is. Worlds apart from that, and I'm not just saying that because they sponsor me. Um, you know me. If anybody knows me, I'm not going to say something for the sake of saying it, unless it's really, 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 really benefiting me. Yeah, we yeah, haven't got to say a bad me. thing about Sean yet. See, there you go. Apart from the fact that it's impossible to get a compliment out of him, out of him. But, yeah, uh, that's just yeah. how he's been trained. Yeah, it's okay. I've okay. spoken to Ashwin. I know exactly where he gets it from. Bro, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just falsely complimenting people also won't help. But anyway, yeah. So you got you got exactly. the shin pads, you got the bags. I, I got the shin pads. I got the bags. I got gloves. I got uh, I got MMA gloves, which I was incredibly skeptical about because you know, the pictures didn't really look make make it look like it was anything special. But when they first came to me, when these MMA gloves first came to me, when these MMA gloves first came to me, I realized just how open the palm was. When you see how open the palm palm is, I've used Green Hill gloves, which are supposed to be the best MMA gloves in the world to use at the World Championships. Mm-hmm. That, uh, all the best athletes from around the world have to use as part of a uniform that they use to right, in the right. World Championships or in any IMF uh, sponsored, sorry, IMF run um, tournaments. Yeah. So I see, I see the quality of these gloves. Now, I've used boxing for. Uh, 10, 12 years now, you think that I've used Everlast once in my life. Yeah. I used Everlast gloves, I used Hayabusa, I used Fairtex, I used all these big companies. They were all very, very good until I used LEW. And again, I'm not saying this just because they sponsor me, but I'm saying this genuinely because I care about athletes getting good, like especially Indian athletes getting good quality with high durability type of products because you find a lot of gloves and stuff made by a lot of people nowadays that where the athletes end up injuring themselves. It's yeah. very sad to see because guys with genuine talent, they don't get to experience the luxuries that they do like athletes do in, you know, in the West. Yeah, yeah. And this luxury is being manufactured not too far from where you guys are, not too far from anywhere in any, anywhere in this country that anybody is Jalandar's. I think world centered. Do you to, have a you know, promo code for yourself? Like if somebody I don't have a promo code, but if somebody does want to if somebody does want to order something from LEW, they can do so uh, on, on Instagram, LEW Boxing India. Anybody that does want to do that, or uh, for those of you who have my number that you can email me or you can get in touch with me uh, via WhatsApp. I'd rather people email me and get in touch with me during that and I can talk to them and get people, you know. Yeah, that's hella cool, man. Because um, mm-hmm. this is not something that happens in our sport very often, and I'm very happy to see these little, you know, positive steps. Like over the last few years, um, it's all pointing in the direction that we hope it would have pointed in a few years back. Where it's better than being what we were at last year, definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah, and you know, even a few years ago. It was very rudimentary. It is far better than it has ever been mm-hmm. the sport in this country. So uh, mm-hmm. we expect great things from you, Karan. We hope that I really appreciate that, man. We'll go out and make the country proud, man. Like a lot of the young guys who are 
your compatriots in training, a lot of the guys like Sean, Aman, all these boys, um, mm-hmm. man, you are the next crop and it's like, it's fucking, it, I told you the other day when we spoke on the phone, it makes my heart big to see the way mm-hmm. guys are training and the guys, the way guys are dedicated uh, to their crafts, mm-hmm. man. It's not like we, I mean, at my time, there was hardly anything going on. We were just fucking around for a lot of time. Right. I mean, recently, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, scientific shit gone into it in terms of even my, like you were talking about strength and, uh, sorry, nutrition. Bro, I had mm-hmm. dog shit nutrition. Because nobody would tell mm-hmm. you that, you know, that's what you will need um, mm-hmm. at a higher level. So, really, really happy for you, Karan. And I think this is... I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Point to end our hour and a half long podcast um fuck me has it been an hour and a half already yeah we started around three i believe oh shit yeah. are you serious oh my god i'm so sorry I just, no no I don't no, 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 no. Yeah. i wanted it to go yeah. long i uh, wanted to hear from you mm-hmm. uh, any final thoughts that you have anything you want to share to um you know people I do like actually um i do actually um for those of you for those of the young guys, like around my age, maybe a little older than me, younger than me, especially, uh, you know, when people say stay in school, don't do drugs, people say it in a joke. I, I mean it in the most literal, in the most genuine way possible when I say, please take your education seriously because without education, if you're, if you're dedicating yourself to a craft, like sorry, as physically and mentally demanding as jujitsu or MMA, Without having something to back yourself up, you're just another dumb athlete, and don't you know the world, the real world has no place for people like that. Unfortunately, uh, athletes put their hearts and souls into fighting, into you know into their sport, but at the end of it, you need something, you need accolades, and you need brains to fall back on. Yeah. Uh, train jujitsu because it helps you save your brain. You know, it, it helps you negate, it helps you negate taking punches to your head. Fucking. But if boxing is your thing, um, kudos to you. Learn how to get, learn how to hit, not how to get hit. Um, Super advice. And and just work hard. And if you're looking to go to any universities abroad, you're looking to, you know, you're looking to try and get into university in India that you feel that your course is very good. If you're in engineering, you want to get into IIT or you want to get into some sort of some sort of good, well reputed, some sort of well reputed uh, university or college. Go for it and take your education very, 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 very seriously. Uh, I regret not doing that. I regret not doing that in school and I regret not doing that in college. I'm graduating this year. So I regret not doing that earlier. But uh, if after you leave that, you realize the value of what you have. It just makes you stand out in the world. And um, my my goal after I'm done fighting is to help athletes find the right business path to go down. I don't know how to, I, I mean, I've, I've always learned through trial and error, but it's a very risky unnecessary road that a lot of athletes have to face in India, especially because um, athletes turning promoters are nothing but uh, assets, nothing but objects. And that's very unfortunate. Once in a lifetime, you come around an athlete who has the brains to back that up, who has a mind of his own to think of, and who, who thinks of other people, not just himself. So keep good people around you, stay in school, don't do drugs, uh, what else? And Train at Warrior School. Just... Train, yeah, train at Warrior Scope or train with somebody at Warrior Scope because your life just your life just goes up from there, man. Just 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 do your thing, be you and don't and don't live your life to impress people. Impress yourself every day.
that's fucking great advice man thank you karan thank you so much thank you for having me more joining us i'll see you soon really appreciate it